This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Open for Business is powered by Bosbole.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. senior partner and uh, Asia-Pacific Managing Director at Frost & Sullivan, uh, a founding member of the team in Asia, joining them in 1996, I believe, as an analyst, uh, went on to help them open offices in over 13 countries and helped in becoming a uh, leading advisory firm in the region. Today, we're going to be discussing Twinbit's journey, its mission, and how it's revolutionizing the way enterprises consume insights uh, and a few other stuff. And I want to speak with him about open uh, after a podcast, or rather a blog, blog post that I came across uh, that they published on their website back in uh, May of 2023. Welcome to the show, Manoj. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you, Rich, for having me. Yeah, It's an absolute pleasure. I, I know you sat down there comfortably in Singapore. How are things down there? Oh, it's a very rainy day. and uh, uh, But other than that, it's... it's it's a, you know, Singapore is doing well. It's a vibrant fintech ecosystem. Uh, it's a uh, you know, business is back to normal uh, from the pandemic. So uh, things are pretty good out here. Right. Okay. Let, let's get started. Um, I mean, uh, let's start with the beginning of Twinbit. I mean, obviously, I, I mentioned then that you you know you you're a senior partner in Frost and Sullivan. You moved on to do other things. And obviously now Twinbit is up and running and has been up and running for a while. Tell me about the beginning of it, why you decided to do it. Thank you. You know, uh, so I spent, as you know, about a little over two decades in Trust and Sullivan. I was one of the founding members in Asia. We had an absolutely great time. We grew the business. Uh, we established offices in several countries. We, uh, we really became local in all the countries we operated. But... Mm. One of the challenges I always saw was, you know, we produce so much research. Every company, every major company produces tons of research. And yet, as consumers, you and I, uh, we fall asleep most of the time when we read any research. (laughs) We we love, right? We love how Instagram, you know, we can spend hours on Instagram videos. You can consume content. It's so easy, right? But when it comes to uh, content on banking or telecom or, or the work that you do, invariably it is not presented in an easy manner. It is not mm. personalized. You mm. have to go and look for content, you know, on TikTok and Instagram. The content finds you. <laughs> it kind mm. of morphs around you and your personality. How cool would it be if that could happen in our work life? Right. Uh, and could content be as easy to digest? Can it be as personalized? Can a sales guy get right content before his meeting? Can a business decision maker, you know, understand the complexity of AI 
uh, and still apply it to his business, can we help him achieve that? I think those are the goals that we are going after. So that's mm -hmm. how Twimbit was founded, to make it easy for every business, big and small, to mm -hmm. leverage the power of intelligence so that we can do business better, we can improve and run better business, which, you know, purpose-driven business. That is the entire Right. And how long has Twimbit up, been up and running now, uh, Manoj? So uh, it's been about four and a half years, a uh, little over four years. Um, and uh, yeah, we have now established presence in, you know, uh, I started off in Singapore. Uh, Malaysia has always played an important role, even in my previous career. Uh, so Malaysia was this immediate logical uh, place for me to you know bring together teams to serve the region. As you know, Malaysia has lot of linguistic capabilities. There are people who speak a diversity of languages uh, and uh, Malaysia has always been a focal point. And then India is, is the other place where there's a lot of talent availability. Mm -hmm. So we started with these three countries and now we've expanded into Indonesia. We have opened up in North America. So we are now presented five geographies in, in about four and a half years. Oh, wow. Well done. Now, uh, as part of what you've been doing, you've been doing a, a, a lot of kind of uh, extensive global research into open banking. Now, for people who might not be familiar, um, just explain to me a little bit about what open banking is, why it's important moving forward, and where Malaysia is in comparison to other countries when it comes to adopting things like open banking. Got it. Yeah, you know, let's 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 look at let's look at a simple thing like your mobile phone. You know, your mobile phone, which is. You may have an Android phone or even iOS ecosystem. And there are tons of apps on it. Right? Yeah. Uh, imagine if all the apps on those phones only were made by the manufacturer of the phone. Right? So if you had a Samsung phone, oh, only apps of Samsung would be there. Or if you had an Apple phone, only Apple apps would be there. How restrictive would that be? Right. right. And yeah. that yeah, and that's what is happening in the banking system. So when you go mm -hmm. into the bank, you are only seeing the innovation that the bank provides you, right? Now, if you were to change that, can you imagine a possibility where you enter the bank and there is innovation from all over the place inside it? How mm -hmm. explosive that innovation will be. Today, Maybank shares with you all the innovation that their 500 or 1,000 or 2,000 engineers work on. But imagine the potential if the whole world could innovate inside their bank. How innovative that space would be. It would have the same innovation that your mobile phone would have. And that mm -hmm. is the power of open banking. Right? Mm -hmm. So if we can make that innovation, make it easy for people to access and share information about your banking transaction, your financial transaction, your health transaction, in a, in a predefined, beautiful manner, in a secure manner, which guards your protective data, we will see an explosion of innovation. And that is why it is important. Because as much as you and I consume financial services, I would think somebody like you and I, we consume maybe 20, 30 different financial products, you know, right? From the wallets to the credit card, to a housing loan, to a car loan, right? Uh, but on your mobile phone, you may have 100 mobile applications. Right? Yes. So, <laughs> right, and finance is the essence of our life. It is yeah. everything we do is related to finance. So yeah. the explosion of innovation that can happen if you bring in something like this is just mind-boggling. 
And mm. and that's why I think we need open banking because we still are underpenetrated. You and I are fortunate. You know, we can get a loan very easily. There are mm. small business owners. There are individual daily income earners. God help them if they want to get a, a loan, you know. Uh, God mm. help them if they have to access to some advanced financial services or to buy mm. product, proper insurance products, etc. All of that innovation will make it, will be possible if we allow smaller companies, people with technology to come in and participate and co-create innovative products in the mm. banking ecosystem. One of the things, I mean, you will know as well as I do, though, that, that you know, the banking industry is one of those industries that is, to change things, it, it's like trying to move a glacier. You know, it, it becomes a very difficult conversation. Um, well, not necessarily a difficult, difficult conversation, but the conversation will happen. It's the implementation that tends to be something that gets slowed down. How do you encourage, you know, banks and bankers to kind of look at this and encourage them to look at something slightly differently? Yeah. So, you know, uh, it, it is really up to the regulator. Uh, the regulator has to be proactive. Um, mm. And uh, so we did, a, to, to help benchmark, what we did is on the y-axis, uh, you know, to benchmark all countries in their maturity of open banking, right? So on the y-axis, I put maturity of regulation. And on the x-axis, we talked about uh, the richness of market participation, how many people are participating to do this, right? So, so the, the regulation is a very important lever because mm -hmm. ultimately banking is all driven by regulation. Pretty much regulators dictate whether you have a license, whether you can do things, you cannot do things. So the regulators have to take a more ambitious, uh, you know, move towards driving uh, open banking regulation. So uh, top of the pack is countries like UK. Huh? Uh, they were the first. They came up with an open banking regulation. They opened it up, and you saw, you know, banks like Revolut, banks like you know, all of these innovative companies. They all started there. Uh, India yeah. is another fabulous market. You know, uh, it's just Indian government, uh, the Indian regulator has been very forward-looking um, mm -hmm. because they had a big problem. Almost 70-80% of people in the country did not have a bank account. You know, right. uh, and opening a bank account is very opening a bank account should be as easy as opening a social media account. Right? Agreed, it should be yeah. that easy. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. that's what the new companies do. The new companies by sheer innovation make the process easy. Easy. Big companies are, uh, you know, they have the intent, but they have the bureaucracy as well. So, so your question: Regulators have there is no choice but regulators to take a lead role in making this possible. Okay, hold that thought, Manoj. We need to take a short break, uh, folks. I'm on the phone with Manoj Menon. He's the founder and MD of Twinbit, a uh, research and advisory firm that specialises in providing invaluable industry intelligence to executives and teams. We're taking a look uh, at open banking, amongst things, here in Malaysia. We'll be back after these messages on Open for Business here on BFM 89.9, the Business Station. Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by BossBolle.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary.
Benchmark for Managers, BFM 89.9. Open for Business is powered by Bosbole.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9, the business station. Welcome back to Open for Business. My name is Rich Bradbury. I'm on the phone with Manoj Menon. He is the founder and managing director of Twimbit, a research and advisory firm that specializes in providing invaluable industry intelligence to executives and teams. Just before the break, we we're touching on uh, open banking and why it's important for Malaysia to adopt something along these lines. Now, um, let's talk. move on a little bit, though, Manoj, and talk about you know Malaysia's digital footprint and the expansion of that. Now, with this rise of e-commerce, and we've seen a huge rise over the last couple of years, particularly post-pandemic, in fact, during pandemic and post-pandemic, uh, how do you see open banking helping to enhance Malaysia's digital footprint in the financial sector, particularly through like open banking in, uh, incentives. Correct. So you know, uh, uh, the objective is banking should you know firstly nobody should have to go to the bank. You know, I yeah. don't think Rich, you wake up in the morning and say I'm so excited that I'm going to go to the bank today. <laughs> no, no, nobody likes that. Right. I think the last what time I did that, I was 18 yeah. getting my first paycheck. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we go to banking has to be so easy that uh, it's all, it should be almost like a WhatsApp conversation. It is a conversation that you and I have, right? Mm. Oh, Rich, I owe you some money. Hey, here's $10. I just have to yeah. say it and you should get the money in your bank account. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. because it is authenticated. There is a video. I've said it. You heard it. And the, and the money should flow. Mm. In the real world, it should be as easy as that. Right? Mm -hmm. And that is what we need to enable. Banking, as much as we have made it easy, I, I believe the banks have transformed the most in during COVID. We, mm -hmm. we don't go to the bank anymore. Yeah? But it is still not that easy. It is still not so purpose. It is still, if I have to transfer money to you, I have to first go, I have to open up, uh, I have to add you as a person. Then I got to transfer, uh, unless I use a wallet or something. I should be able to transfer money very easily to you. I may mm. have four or five different bank accounts. I have mm. lots of insurance products. I owe some people. You know, how cool it'd be if I know my entire bank balance across all bank accounts, my entire insurance products, and my CPF all aggregated in one view, right? If I could yeah. know that, that's that's one easy way for me to have a full health, full status check, right? And that could be integrated with my health, so I can buy insurance. It could be integrated with my car. So, innovation can go to a, a completely different order of magnitude if mm. open banking comes into play. So, digital economy today maybe is about 15, 20 percent of our total uh, country's GDP, but. If we can enable greater financial inclusion, mm. uh, if, if people who use less financial products, you know, there are, for example, 4 million foreigners who work in Malaysia. Yeah. Uh, many of them are workers. Maybe they don't even have the right proper insurance to take care of their needs. Uh, they end up remitting money uh, to 
to their home markets, and I think they end up paying more fees uh, than required. So That's right. Th- this is again a segment not fully very well addressed, and innovation could help solve many of the needs of this. So mm-hmm. I think making financial services inclusive uh, and helping, you know, financial services are a huge part of enabling us to live better lives. And the rich people, the educated people, we all are privileged. We are able to use it. It's become so easy for us. But for the rest of them, how do we make it easy? Uh, I think that financial inclusion is one of the big drivers uh, of of this open banking. Uh, But that leads me on to a question then about having standards, you know, and like having a standardized framework. Uh, yeah. How do you how do you kind of see that that role of getting a standardized framework, and how do you think Correct. that might accelerate the adoption? Correct. So, so you know, if you take countries like, for example, we talked about UK. UK had an open banking uh, uh, initiative, and they mapped out how data will be exchanged, how yeah. uh, how you will, uh, you know, what are the, uh, you know, uh, what, what are how will you keep it secure through that exchange. So once the standards were set, it made it very easy for everybody to just follow the standards. It's like a manufacturer making, uh, you know, charging sockets. You put a standard, we all work towards, uh, you know, using that particular standard, right? So the sooner you define the standard, the better it is. So UK was the first, India did it, uh, Australia has what is known as consumer data rights. So basically the standards define that how do I give permission? So, for example, when I open a new bank account, I can say, hey, I give permission to so-and-so users to access my bank account mm-hmm. as and when needed to give them enough information so that they can provide me a better service. Or, mm-hmm. or I give service, I give permission to Maybank to access my insurance holdings so that they can aggregate and warn me and give me insights into my aggregate income or help me pay payments on time automatically without waiting for reminders from the insurance company. So right. I think it is defining these parameters on how data will be shared, how we will follow the privacy of the customer, maintain the security, and it is the monet- it is the regulatory authority that should take the lead in doing it. Uh, they have already initiated it. Some committees have been set up. Lots of conversations have happened, but we need to move faster. We need to define those standards. Uh, the moment we do that, I think we will have a great degree of success in in enabling innovation to happen. So rich could be able to tomorrow start a you know maybe we could start rich banking services. Uh, you may not have a bank, you may not even provide banking services, but you could leverage let's say CIMB's banking license to provide some unique financial services because. Yeah the rules and the governance mechanisms are very well defined. And that's mm. that's what the regulators need to do. Sadly, Manoj, I'm only rich by name and not rich by nature currently. Um, <laughs> but, but let's move on. I mean, I, I want to speak to you now about, obviously, how does Twinbit play into this? I mean, obviously, we're yeah. talking about open banking. That, that's the kind of crux of our discussion. But as a research platform, you know, obviously there are evolving needs of enterprises who are wanting to move into the digital financial ecosystem and, and know more about it. How do you guys play into all of this? Yeah. So, you know, we are, um, we serve currently 
we serve uh, two major communities, the financial services industry and the telecommunications industry. So right. we are advisors to the big banks to help them drive better innovation to improve customer experiences. Um, yeah. We work with people who provide solutions to the banks so that they can enable these solutions. So we, our role is to be a catalyst, uh, to be an advisor to the banks, to the financial services, to the fintechs, uh, and help accelerate this transition to open banking. We benefit when the banks grow, their new businesses grow, uh, and we are we are kind of uh, the uh, the uh, you know the 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 guy who provides the intelligence so that we can optimize this growth. Uh, right. Our success comes when the Malaysian banking ecosystem grows, and and then we benefit by serving the banking clients a lot more. Yeah? Mm. So so we do research on banking, we do research on open banking, we do research on customer experience, uh, and that's how we will we will monetize the benefit. Okay, I've got a couple of questions left before I wrap up because we, we we only have a few minutes left. But there's two important questions that I want to ask you. And and currently, the flavor of the month obviously is AI. A couple of years ago, it was blockchain, um, and these two at some point and have they've been converging uh, now. With your expertise in digital innovation, obviously you are plugged into kind of this stuff. I do a show called Tech Talk. I've been talking about it an awful lot. How do you foresee this convergence um, and advancements like AI and blockchain with open banking coming together to enhance these financial services here in Malaysia? Well, uh, you know, it, it is um, the possibilities. Uh, I was we, we did a we did a program last week looking at. Uh, we call it CX stars. Uh, mm. We copied Michelin stars uh, to say, how will customer experience, how can we benchmark banks and other companies on how they provide customer experience? And the, yeah. and the role that AI can play, AI has a, you know, what, what Gen AI has done is, AI was always there, but Gen AI has made it so easy. Anybody can use AI. Yeah. And that's, that, that's what it has done. So, I think that ease of use when it starts coming into banking, right? So, like, transfer money to rich ten ringgit now. <laughs> I should be able to say it, and that future should happen, right? Um, so, allow rich to access uh, uh, my uh, uh, credit status. Uh, uh, you know, just saying it, I should be able to access it, and mm -hmm. then rich gets to access it. Uh, he can access that limited amount of information to provide me a service that he or he decides to offer me. Uh, mm. So when you when you can think about that, and when when such a complex web of transactions can happen, then uh, our banking experiences uh, will transform. Uh, the per capita consumption of banking services will go up from that thirty to maybe hundred. You know, mm. over the by by 2030, I think you and I will consume at least 100 to 200 different financial services uh, on a regular basis, right? So I think I've, that is the power of intersection of AI and blockchain. I, I agree, I, and I've had this discussion before, and and I've said regularly that I that I see voice activated software, or or rather, you know. Yeah, voice-activated software in, in the regards that I want to be able to do something just by telling my phone, let Manoj have access to my banking details. That, for me, seems to be the way forward, screenless, 
banking, uh, you know, almost invisible banking, is okay. what I am excited for. I think I think you nailed it. Invisible banking is a term that has been coined, and we open banking helps accelerate the move towards invisible banking. Banking mm. should be everywhere. I should, mm. if I am on a Malaysian Airlines website, I should be able to do banking. Yeah. If I am on TikTok, I should be able to do banking. Uh, mm. If I am inside the Grab, I should be able to do banking. And that yeah. is what open banking is the fundamental foundation because it defines how we will operate and govern. It, it is a traffic light signal which says, Red, blue, green. This is how you operate, right? And we yeah, got yeah. so that is the foundation, and and the technology. Both like I think AI is far more immediate. Blockchain to become pervasive will take a little bit more time, but the cool applications of blockchain, you know, it uh, uh, it will it will make life a lot more easier. Manoj, unfortunately, we've run out of time for this conversation. However. I would like to get you back at some point in the future and have a much more in-depth conversation when you have time. Would that be uh, something you'd be up for doing? Absolutely. You know, banking, telecoms, and most importantly, all of this, all of the work that we do at Twimbit is about the experience economy. We yep. think that, you know, value is created in the creation of, in the delivery of experiences, not in the delivery of products and services. So, so, you know, so if we link everything back to that. You know, how do we deliver great experience? Be it banking, be it telecom, be it commerce. Uh, and I would love to talk and share and, and see how we can together, uh, you know, all succeed and do better job in you know, helping businesses serve customers with Michelin star-like service. Brilliant. Manaj Menon, the founder and managing director of Twimbit. Thank you very much for joining me on Open for Business this morning. Thank you so much, Richard, for having me and I wish you the very best and look forward to being back someday soon. My pleasure. Folks, if you did miss any part of this conversation, don't forget you can download the podcast. It'll be available in just a few minutes. You can head over to bfm.my or I, might I suggest you check out the BFM app. It's available in the Apple App Store or Google Play. For Open for Business here on BFM 89.9, I'm Rich Bradbury. Open for business? Register your company with BossBolet.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.